Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up for another episode on the pod. We got an exciting one lined up today. We're going to do a little MLW tour talk, and I'll have a uh, story that'll be sure to keep you on the edge of your seat. So uh, stay tuned for that. But this is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Jack, how we feeling? How we feeling? We're back again. We are back, and the Detroit Rams are Super Bowl <laughs> champions. What do you say? What do you say? Put it up for the Rams. Okay, yeah, let's, let's get the Super Bowl talk over and done with before <laughs> we get the podcast rolling, because we've been talking about the NFL postseason the whole way. We might as well, we might as well start here. Um, yeah. But so let me talk about the game first. Then we'll get into the whole Detroit Rams thing. But um, to be honest, Jack, I feel like it kind of went a lot like how we thought it would. Yeah, I, my score prediction was pretty close. I think I said twenty four twenty. Yeah, it wouldn't have right messed there. up that. Wouldn't have messed up that PAT. I would have got it. Yeah, that's insane. Um, you were right there. Um, I was gonna say, yeah, we kind of said how the Rams' defensive line, you know, Donald Robinson, just too strong for that Bengals O line. That was predictable. Kind of went as expected. Um, mm-hmm. And then I thought, you know, there's the inexperience of Joe Burrow would hurt the Panther or hurt the Bengals. Excuse me. But honestly, they looked pretty good. It was a better game than I thought it would be. But at the end, Rams still took home the dub, and uh, Stafford raised the Lombardi Trophy, a sight we never thought we'd see. We knew it wouldn't be in a Lions jersey, let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we knew. We, we, knew. All, we all dreamt it, but we knew that wasn't going to happen. But for him to do it in his first year, pretty cool. Uh, what were your thoughts on the game? I mean, yeah, can't be can't be more excited for Matthew to finally see him, you know, get what he deserves. Um, I think the... It, you know, at least it was a good game, right? We've seen some uh, Super Bowls that aren't even really that exciting or entertaining. This one definitely was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the better team won. I think the Bengals had a great season, held their own, kind of, you know, shocked some people in the playoffs there. And I think they deserve to be there. Um, but I think the Rams, just top to bottom, were were definitely the better team. And and that showed, you know, near crunch time when they were able to, to come out on top. But... Mm-hmm. Super happy for Matthew Stafford, and um, you know it'll be interesting to see what what they what happens next year because they kind of went went all in, so to speak, and it, and it it worked for them. It paid off, but it'll be interesting to see how competitive the Rams are here for you know the next three four years. Yeah, like you said, the Rams. I think they truly were all in. You know, a lot of big names on that team, and um, so good for them that it paid off. It pains me to see because we've had a Detroit team go all in recently. Well. In the last decade or so, the Detroit Tigers were absolutely stacked in 2014 mm. and failed to even make it to the World Series that year. So it's good when the pieces all come together. They made it happen. I do think the better team won. However, the Bengals, man, they proved they deserve to be there, as you said. And yeah. it's just like, I think to myself, why can't the Lions get lucky like that just once? I may have already said this to you guys in the pod before, but the Bengals were a last-place team two years ago. They had the number one overall pick. Worst in the league. And now they're in the Super Bowl and almost won the Super Bowl. Think about the Jags. The Jags have been to a Super Bowl. Or almost. They were, yep. in, they were in the conference championship game. Why can't the Lions just have one exciting postseason run that I can at least get excited for? And Oh, my gosh. But good for the Bengals. I'm, ha- I'm happy for their organization. Happy for their mm-hmm. fans. And, yeah, that stings, yep. I'm sure. But, you, like I said, you can't, you can't be too upset about the result. I mean, the Rams were a loaded team. Burrow's still young. Yeah, the Bengals have a young, crazy team. It'll be interesting to see how their roster plays out in terms of cap space and how expensive everyone gets. But yeah, I mean, who's to say they're not back there again next year? I don't. Yeah, you know, I don't know. So 
Yeah, I think if you're a Rams fan, you're you're obviously stoked about the Super Bowl. And if you're a Bengals fan, you know, you really shouldn't hang your head. Mm -hmm. um, it was an incredible season. You guys accomplished a lot. And I'm sure, you know, you'll be back in the conversation in years to come. Yeah, it's crazy. Bengals have turned it around. But um, now you said, yeah, happy for the Rams fans. Based on what we've talked about, what I've heard from a couple different sources now, I'm not sure that there really are many Rams fans besides us and <laughs> Detroit. And as Jack mentioned and foreshadowed, um, you guys may have seen a bit of a viral post on the internet recently regarding the t-shirts that were being sold at a local store here in Michigan that was a modified logo merging the lines in the Rams and the shirt read Detroit Rams. Now, I support Stafford. I know you do too, mm -hmm. Jack. Would you buy that t-shirt? You know, honestly, when I saw the shirt, my initial reaction was, A, that's hilarious, and B, yeah, I'd probably buy it. And then I kind of, um, I didn't really realize how much, how much, you know, hate that shirt was getting. Like, a lot of people it got national didn't really hate. like that national shirt. Hate. Yeah, it got like, I didn't really realize that till like, you know, a little bit after the fact, but um, I don't really understand that, like, like like we just said, there's not many Rams fans out there anyway, so they really mm -hmm. shouldn't be be angry at that. Plus, if you have more people who want to root for your team, you should welcome them regardless. Mm -hmm. And if you're a Lions fan, and I, you know, I get it. There's 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 pride to be there's pride to be had here. But if you really are, uh, you know, that prideful that a shirt like that is going to make you angry when mm -hmm. our team has done nothing nothing in the past you know 70 years mm -hmm. haven't accomplished anything and here we go there was a guy who gave so much to our city so much to our organization and he has a chance to you know like we've talked about before prove what he can do at the highest level mm -hmm. i mean how could you not like how could you not be a little bit supportive of that and like i don't know i don't i don't really see where the hate came from yeah i think a lot of the hate was unnecessary Pe people just like you know People like dogging on the worst, you know what I mean? Just like people like joking yeah. about me and, oh, Tom's washed up, Tom sucks, <laughs> this and that. But and it's fun. It's funny to make fun of the worst team and the worst organization. At the end of the day, what I personally buy it, I don't know. It's, it's a little cheesy. I think it's hilarious. It's funny that someone actually yeah. did it and put it in their store. But I don't think it deserved to get, you know, destroyed the way it did online and how we're just a sad fan base and all this stuff. Like, it's funny. Come on. Just let yeah. us have some fun. Um and then I think to comment on, you know, us like supporting Stafford and everything, I think the way that I can, art I've been thinking about this the past 24 hours and how to articulate it the way that I see it. Because in Detroit, if you guys didn't know, Stafford, some people thought Stafford was the greatest quarterback to ever live and still do. Some people thought he was terrible. We're never going to win with Stafford, yada, yada, yada. And then there was fans like me who kind of thought, you know, he's, he's a good QB. He's a solid QB, and he deserves better than the Lions. You know what I mean? You felt, you felt for the guy year after year when you knew he was capable of doing more. So when I see fans, like, going crazy and acting like this is a Lions Super Bowl, I don't feel like that. You know, it's funny to, it's funny to talk about that, but I don't feel that way. But what I mm. think and what I always thought about Stafford, and I guess now I can confirm it, is do I think he's the greatest quarterback to ever live? No, I don't. Do I think he's a Hall of Famer? Um, people are saying now maybe he is. I don't really like see him as a Hall of Famer yet, I guess. But what I think this weekend confirmed and this season confirmed is that he was a good enough quarterback to where if the right pieces were around him, he could win a team a championship. And that's exactly what happened in, in L.A. I mean, he had all the pieces. He had every piece yeah. he could ever want. And he proved that he can make the big throws and the big games, which 
you know, no one really knew if he could because he never played in any big games with the Lions. He played in maybe two playoff games in his whole, you know, 12-year stint here. So, yeah. and I think, you know, when the game's in the line, your career, your decade, your dozen-year-long career is coming to this one moment and you make, you know, a no-look throw in traffic to Cooper Cup right on the yep. money. It's like, okay, this guy deserves a ring. You know what I mean? So I'm I happy to so, see yeah. that. And I think, like, like I just said, people are saying he's the GOAT. Stop it. You're... You're out, no. of, you're out of pocket, but the guy proved that he can win a team a championship with the right pieces around him, which we always knew. You know what I mean? So yeah. good for Stafford. I think that's all all the comments I have on the game. Do you agree? I couldn't. I, I literally couldn't have said it any better myself. I mm-hmm. totally agree with everything you said there in the last minute or so. Mm-hmm. So that's. Although I will, do, I will maybe say I think that if he plays three to four more years and has you know above average numbers like he has, that he will be. A Hall in of the, Famer? In the Hall of Famer. No, I, like I said, I think now maybe he is. But people were saying that in Detroit. Like, now I people don't People were think saying so. that in Detroit, and I was like, guys, we, he hasn't done anything yet. You know what no, I mean? So no. So I guess... He that, needed this. He, he needed that he did Super need Bowl this, and he did need to this. complete his resume, I think. And he mm-hmm. still needs to prove himself, I would say, for another four years, probably. Like, if, you know, God forbid something were to happen or he retired or something mm-hmm. right now, I don't think he would necessarily, you know, get in. It would, it would probably be close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's well said. Thoughts. Well said. I think it's a good summary of how we're feeling in Detroit. But overall, great NFL season. Um, I enjoyed chatting with Jack a lot of it here and then on this pod. And uh, no more football, Jack. It is a bummer. But yeah. we are counting down the days till the fantasy draft. I guess the first of all, the, the real draft in April, and then uh, fantasy football comes rolling around in the fall. But before that, there's some whiff to be played, another MLW crown to be handed out. So um, let's talk about the latest yep. upload on the YouTube channel, the MLW. Tour 2021. I loved the title, loved the thumbnail. Um, and what a video! I mean, like a yeah. very new thing for us. The first video of that style you could say we've ever uploaded before of all of our you know events in one year combined and rolled into uh, uh, you know the tour. I don't know what else I want to mm-hmm. call it. I mean, I wouldn't really call it a vlog, like I said, it's a travel vlog. It's not only really a vlog, it's more so it's, it's the tour, it's, it's everything. Yeah, so uh, what are your initial thoughts, Jack, on your first, first watch through? I I loved it. I thought it was um, it was really cool to be able to in one sitting in one video see the dramatic differences between the events. You know, each each event was unique in its own right. Mm-hmm. You know, you had you had uh, the one event where it was like you guys held that fan fest before, like before you even played any games. We had one event that was played in Michigan. You know, in a dome. There were different rules at at different events. One had knifed balls, one didn't, mm-hmm. and you kind of got to see just like the the camaraderie and just how how awesome it is to be able to like celebrate this game and share memories, meet new people all the way across the country in 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 many different ways. So that was like kind of my you know broad picture takeaway and. I have a bunch of like funny stuff that I wrote down there, like that I thought were cool in the video. But mm-hmm. I mean, are your thoughts pretty similar? Like, what did you think first time watching it through? Oh yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Like I've articulated in the past, you know, it's refreshing to watch videos like that while you're running around at these events. And um, also, I didn't have the privilege to go to Atlanta or to New York for the um, TBS event and the Nike Dick Sporting Goods events, respectively. So to see those and experience that was super cool to see the footage because I really haven't gone through. You know, obviously what you guys see in that video is very trimmed down to how much content we actually film. 
So, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. sit in a room with Kyle for four hours and him saying, here's every clip I filmed in Atlanta. You know, we, we talked about it, of course, right, we right. talked about the trip. But, you know, so to actually see the footage is awesome. And, like, for example, at the very beginning of the video, especially because me and Kyle were just, like, discussing content strategy recently. And um, at the beginning of the video, kind of that Easter egg of, hey, MLW fans, it's Curtis Granderson, and you're watching MLW Wiffle Ball. Like, that was so yeah. sick, because I didn't, I didn't know Kyle had that clip. I was like, yeah. oh, that was so cool. And... Yeah, Curtis Granderson, you guys probably have heard his name if you're big MLB fans. You know, he played in Detroit, played in New York for both New York teams. But, yeah, that's cool for us because, like, he was a Tiger when me and Kyle were, like, growing up and becoming big fake baseball fans. So, yeah. yeah. So, like, that was a Detroit guy in our eyes. So it was super cool for us to have the opportunity to meet him. And just that clip is, like, if you had that clip in our intro yeah. when we were 10-year-old kids, like, oh, my gosh, that's, like, our dream. So that was really yeah. cool. That's probably my favorite part of the whole video because, like I said, number one, <laughs> the whole story and yeah, I didn't know it was coming. So it was so cool. Yeah. To, yeah. Just to add on to your point there, like, you know, you said you weren't able to go out to a couple of them. I haven't been to a tournament mm-hmm. in yeah, I, I know. Think over a year, or ha- a year and a half, like might even be two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hear through the grapevine, right? Like I talked to you, we've talked, we talk on the pod, how did it go? Mm-hmm. Um, that type of thing. So I always have this sort of like maybe visual from what I see on Instagram, kind of in my mind of like, Oh, how the tournament went, but just seeing it all put together seeing how much fun not only the players there are having, but like you guys, like I can tell mm-hmm. how much fun the MLW guys are having there, how interactive it was. I love like the, the new additions that we got, like the, the trivia that Kyle was doing. Oh, yeah, I trivia. thought was, I thought the trivia was awesome. Um, I thought that there, there was just like so many like little fun things, like Gus signing someone's head. Yeah. That was like, <laughs> I like thought that was hilarious when he did that. Uh, it is so funny. But, yeah, but, but it was just it was cool to to finally get to uh to see, you know, what it, what it re- really was like after I'd heard so much about all these events. Yeah, I know. And even then like it's we do our best we can to make it exciting and for you guys to get like just a taste of what it's like to really be there, but it's hard to replicate those events and what the experiences is actually there in person. So, but yeah, to build on what you were saying, um I you mentioned Gus and how he was signing people's heads and stuff. Like, yeah, I really enjoy watching the clips back of the other MLW guys um, interacting with fans and signing autographs. And I'd say outside of the Granderson thing, another big highlight for me of that video was just, like, seeing the raw footage of Jimmy's reaction to when it aired on TBS and, like, how excited he was and he yeah. was talking. I was like, it's just so cool. I talked about that before, yeah. how, like, I love seeing the impact on the, the rest of the players, especially the new guys who haven't been here for so long. Um, it's just really cool to see. I don't know. I mean, Jimmy, was, we had Jimmy playing in our tournament like two years ago and like he was a prospect that we wanted to join. He knew he was really good and dedicated. And then, yeah, a couple years later, there's him teaching Pedro Martinez how to pitch a wiffle ball. So it's so cool. It was so cool. I had that written down as well, just the behind the scenes of the TBS. Cause like, kind of like the same thing I was saying, you know, we heard from Kyle and heard from Jimmy how it went and stuff. Um, and you know, they were obviously super pumped, uh, over the phone, but like to actually see the live like mm-hmm. reaction, their genuine reaction when it happened, to see like the behind the scenes stuff, like Ernie just piecing one off Norp, like that was that was awesome to see. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just really cool overall. I, I really love the format. I love the transitions that that Kyle put in there mm-hmm. with the uh, with the overhead view. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other. <laughs> I wanted to give a shout out to the kid wearing Burks at Wiffle yeah. and whoever that was. That <laughs> mm-hmm. was that's that's really good to see those kids still wearing those shoes because they're super stylish. I also wanted to shout out the kid that was yelling "Hit that like button." I forget oh which yeah, event that I remember was, that. But the kid was just screaming yeah. "Hit that like button! Hit that like button!" Mm-hmm. I thought that was hilarious. 
Um, and then one one other shout out was the announcer at the Nike event because mm-hmm. he was just bringing so much energy. Like he was that event just looked like it had a bunch of energy, like from the kids mm-hmm. to the MLW guys. But I I feel like you got to give some credit to that announcer because he he must have just been infectious there, just based on what he was saying. It was pretty funny to hear in the background. But that's such an yeah, important dude. role. Like at any event like yeah. that, if you got a lame MC, like. Yeah, you don't you don't realize a, it's just, it goes for a lot of things in life, but you don't appreciate how good people are at their jobs until you see someone bad do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just like hearing that guy's energy, yeah, you could see how much like it sparked the kids' reactions to how things are going. Just you can really change the outcome of an event just with putting in that extra effort on being you know really hype on the mic and stuff like that. And the same goes for like I said, a lot of things in life. That kind of you know watching the video at first at first watch you might not even notice that or if you're at the event. But if you pay mm-hmm. attention to that and then have someone sub in who's never done it before, it's like, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, we need someone who knows what they're doing out here. So sure, yeah, I appreciate sure. all that effort that goes into that kind of stuff. And that facility in New York looks so cool. Um, oh, yeah. You know, just I, was, I think that was like on the Dick Sporting Goods property. It was some kind of cool facility they had out there. So, yeah, cool that Ward, I got to um, experience that. Kyle and Daniel were there as well. They got laced up with some Nike gear, so I think they had a really great experience. And uh, I know for Ward has been talking about that for months, so I know he really liked it. I know um, he liked it, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that event was cool to see because I hadn't seen too much footage from there. And once again, kind of coincidentally, James McCann was the MLB player in attendance there, former Tiger again. Mm-hmm. So just kind of mm-hmm. random that worked out for us because we already was familiar with his background. Um, another thing for me, this is very personal to me, but watching these videos back and um, even going to these events, but... I enjoy, um, when watching the video, I enjoy like seeing people or faces that I met, you know, sign an autograph for, shook their hand and introduce myself. And then like seeing the footage, I'm like, oh, I remember that kid. He was super cool and nice and that kind of stuff. And then yeah. I also enjoy from going to the events and I reminded me of it watching the video too was, um, I like when we, you know, have annual events like we've done with the Midwest Slugfest now in Illinois and then the Whipple and the Mitten in Brighton. Like seeing the same kids come back again a year later, it's funny to watch some of these kids that are like in you know their teenage years, like the twelve through fifteen year olds, how how much they mature over a year and how different they look. But you know you yeah. you forget about people like that because you know you only meet them for a split second. But then when you see them again a year later, you're like, oh, how's it going? It was I remember mm-hmm. last year. So it's cool to get that refresher in a uh, in a video like this. So yeah, that was that's what I like about the tournaments is just seeing all the MLW guys having a blast and then seeing all the familiar faces that I had the opportunity to, to meet and interact with throughout the weekend. So it was probably pretty cool for you too. I'd imagine just because, you know, a lot of those weekends are really busy and it's mm-hmm. sort of, you know, I'm it, saying, might, it's easy to forget the it might seem like, yeah, yeah. It might seem like they're long days, but it kind of, you know, the weekend ends and you're like, Ooh, like, yeah, that was a flash. Sure. Like, I don't really, you know, and then you get to see the video back, like see some faces and stuff you met, remember, you know, the conversations you had and mm-hmm. the, you know, the impacts that you left on those kids. So, that, yeah, it's pretty cool. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Also included in the tour video was some of our um, MLW national team footage from the tournaments that we attended and played in. That included the NWLA tournament that was in Indianapolis as well as the UIFS National Tournament that was held in York, Pennsylvania. So you guys got to see us out there at our little MLW Natty Squad blue and red jerseys. Um, yep. We had a great time. Played some very, excuse me, played some very competitive football against some some of the greatest ter- teams in the country. Greatest talent, as you guys could probably tell. And I don't even think the videos do it justice as to how hard some of those guys are throwing and the crazy movement. But I got to give yeah. a shout out to Kyle, especially too, because of course can, the kid can hit the ball. We all know that. 
and we know he can pitch an MLW, but as you guys probably noticed when he was throwing that knife ball, he was low-key dealing out there in Pennsylvania. <laughs> he was pitching very well, and even though we got beat by the eventual champs that Sunday morning, you guys could tell his stuff was just disgusting. I mean, he was throwing mm-hmm. so well. So uh, mm-hmm. I, And I like, knew that. I was there, obviously. I was like, bro, you're dealing, but just to see it again, I was like, wow, Kyle was <laughs> comfortable out there. It was impressive. That tournament, like, you know, we talk about the intensity of MLW, especially like in playoff time. I don't know if anyone else, you know, you guys watching the video felt this, but just watching those brief clips of that video, Mm -hmm. I felt like that was like so intense. Like I could literally see the intensity just on everyone. Maybe it was just because they're throwing the ball so freaking hard, but like (laughs) it was, it was like insane. Like I thought it was like, you know, I thought that tournament stood out a lot like those clips definitely stood out a lot to me from the video oh it is intense i mean for some of those guys it's like almost personal because yeah very similar to mlw you know as our community has grown familiar with each other um you know a lot of the times you're playing the same guys year after year after year and some of those guys you saw in that video were older and have been going to these tournaments for a long time so they've been playing against some of these same guys for decades you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and there's some there's a lot of great blood there people who are friends and are friendly but i think there's also some bad blood that's developed over the years too so, you know, when, when the first pitch goes and it's game on, it's game time. Because those tournaments, you know, our MLW series, we play all year long. It's a, it's a you know, summer-long league. But um, mm-hmm. those tournaments are once a year. So when it comes time to shine, they are locked in, dialed in for the weekend. So there were a couple of scenes in the video where uh, either the radar gun was flashed or um, there was kind of like a radar gun behind in the stadium in one of the scenes that was like 92 mm-hmm. or 93 or something yeah. like that. I don't understand how these guys uh, even have arms anymore. Neither like do it I. doesn't actually make uh, biological sense to me how they can still throw a wiffle ball that fast. Well, I've, I've touched on this topic before. When we had uh, Jordan Robles on here, he was kind of talking about how I'm just going to keep throwing it till I can't anymore. And uh, he's a guy who can touch 90, but... Let me tell you, Jack, there are guys that I've met. So, number one, as you saw, there's guys who are still throwing the ball super hard. Um, I mm-hmm. think the radar gun you're referring to at that stadium, you know, that's there for baseball, and I don't know how accurate it yeah. really was. Yeah. But we had the pocket radar out there. As you guys know, I'm a partner of ours, and um, several different teams had a pocket radar with them. And there are guys just throwing consistent 91 through 93, just gas, gas, gas. And for reference... And that style of tournament, you know, Kyle and Cheatham are probably sitting high 70s, low 80s. And that's firm, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And guys are just throwing the ball over and over and over again. And it's unbelievable. And, yeah, some guys can do it. And you know, I'm like, how is this possible? But trust me, I could probably, it'd probably take more than one hand to count how many guys I've met who I'm like, oh, are you still pitching, man? You were so good. And they're like, nah, I can't anymore. I tore my labrum or I had Tommy John. Like, I've met people who are, they still do pitch. But they're like, I can't do it like I used to because I don't want to get, I don't want to yeah. have another surgery. You know what I mean? So I've met mm-hmm. several guys. Another guy this year I met was said the same thing. He's like, Nah, I can't anymore. Like I'll still go out there and eat some innings, but I can't just throw the ball as hard as I can. So I think part of it is possibly like how you throw the ball. So if you're throwing super hard, maybe it won't wear on you as fast. Maybe how good mm-hmm. you take care of yourself. But and I think part of it's just genetics. You know what I mean? If your arm can handle it or not. Yeah. So me, I don't know. I mean. I think in baseball, like it's so different. Baseball, you're throwing, you know, a, a five ounce ball. Yes, you right, get right. super sore, but wiffle ball, you're basically just moving your arm as fast as you can with nothing but air in your hands. So it's just yeah. an unhealthy, uh, unhealthy motion. But for the love of the game, baby, right? Some guys, yeah. love it. like Robles said, he's gonna keep throwing until he can't no more. 
But me personally, I want to uh, be able to play catch with my son one day, so uh, I don't think I'll be in that category. <laughs> but with MLW, it's not really a big concern because we're only throwing 72 max out of the hand, so no, right. no problems there. But like I, to- I think I told you before, I, I want to give the competitive scene one more shot pitching because this year I couldn't really give it my whole effort because I was so hurt. So Of course. But, yeah, I had a great time with those tournaments. I think you guys could tell. Um, there was the clip clips of my home runs in there and people were laughing and oh, yeah. we had, we had our good time, but, um, yeah, that's, I really admired Kyle's play big time and it was, uh, good to see once again in the videos, but overall, I really enjoyed the tour. Um, I thought it was a step up from the previous style of uploading the tournaments one by one. Um, I do like the fact, you know, there's pros and cons. I liked how the tournament videos would kind of touch more on the personal side of everyone who got to attend, but at the same mm-hmm. time, just logistically, um, and for the long-term growth, growth of the channel, I think the tour video really does produce better, wholesome content that's really exciting. So I think you'd agree. I would definitely agree, but for sure. let us know, guys. Uh, send us a DM, drop a comment, let us know what you guys thought of the tour versus the uh, older-style tournament videos we used to upload, as well as if you have any new ideas you'd like to see for that kind of style of video, please feel free to shoot us a DM anytime. Jack, it has been quite a while since I've told a story on the podcast, and is today that day where I tell a story that uh, has been told many times but never on the air? I think we're over ready for it. You ready? Um, I think we are. All right, all right. Cue the music. There's a cumulonimbus coming in from the western front. (laughs) Jack, I want to ask you a question. Two questions, actually, before I start this story. They both tie together to the outcome of what happened. Number one. All right, shoot. Do you ever feel like you're cursed in life? Um, sometimes. Sometimes, I would say. But it's really got to be, you know, a lot of stuff not going my way. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And number two, are you someone that believes in manifesting things yes you are yes okay huge yes both good and bad or like only good things, only bad things good and bad no well they can go both ways no doubt okay well i think both of those kind of play a factor here in uh in this story but let me take you guys back a couple of years i believe it is the fall of 2017 okay i'm a freshman at michigan state university um getting acclimated to things i want to say we're probably into Um, mid-October now, so I've been on campus for a couple months getting the hang of things and all that kind of stuff, okay? And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're here in Michigan State, so it's nice weather, fall weather, leaves are falling, the colors are beautiful, it's a nice, it's a nice day. So I'm, I'm overall, I'm happy, you know what I mean? But, um, if you're not familiar with college campuses or Michigan State in general, um, our campus has this thing where many students travel to class because it kind of goes through the central part of the whole entire campus called the River Trail. Now, the River Trail runs along the Red Cedar River, a beautiful river that flows through Michigan State's campus, and it has probably a 12 to 15-foot wide sidewalk for people to walk on, as well as, like, literally a bike freeway, like, right next to it. So you have bikers everywhere and people walking, and it's always just jam-packed between classes. Always super busy, um, and, uh, like, if you're on a bike, like, you can't really go very fast, even though it's, like, a freeway because it's just traffic and you can't, you know, you're running kids over. And walking, yeah, it's just people everywhere. But that's, you know, during the really busy times of school, like, in between classes. There's a 20-minute break and it's always just a madhouse. And, yes, I've seen bike accidents, people tripping over each other, running into each other. It's, it's never a pretty sight, but that's just, that's just the way it is. So, 
from where my dorm room was, I lived in Brody Hall freshman year. It was on the uh, west side of campus, okay? So most of the classes are pretty centralized uh, on the campus, some on the south side. So nothing was really near where I lived in Brody Hall. So me and mm-hmm. Noah, my roommate, and everyone who lived in Brody for that regard, were always taking the river trail to class. Pretty much every class you took, you either had to take the bus to somewhere or river trail to walk. You know, you could bike end-to-end from the campus, east side to west side, and probably... 15 minutes. It's a very big campus. But, um, so I was very comfortable with the river trail and I had been riding it day in and day out. And the one thing that MSU is kind of known for, if you, if you go there especially, is the squirrels. Okay? A lot of squirrels, especially along the river. There's squirrels running around. People are like feeding them, getting up close to them. They're very friendly squirrels. But it's kind of like a, a thing that MSU has. The, the squirrels. People, I've seen people dressed up as squirrels for Halloween with like Spartan logos on them. Like they're the MSU squirrels. And every single day, I'd say, biking to class, that entire fall semester for the first two months, I was thinking, how has no one, like, stepped on a squirrel or run over a squirrel or something like that? It was always, like, a thing in my head that I always thought about. Every day, I was like, one of these days, I'm going to see someone hit a squirrel. I'm going to see a squirrel dead on this river trail, okay? That's what I always thought. Now, this day, I had a class at, I want to say it started at 240 but you got to remember, and I was planning on taking the river trails. I did every day. But this is in the heart of, a, of the Fortnite run. This is right when Fortnite had come out, super popular. So I was, uh, I was big into Fortnite. In between classes, I would always be biking back to class, playing some Fortnite, and then heading back to class. Mm-hmm. So in this case, I um, was playing Fortnite. And um, I knew my class was at 240. It was about like 220-ish. I was like, oh, I'll just play one more quick game, do, be a little aggressive, and then I'll head out bike to class. I can get there quick on my bike. Well, I think I ended up getting, like, top two in this game, and I think I lagged out, and I was super irritated and in a bad mood already. So it took forever, and I lagged out of the game, so I couldn't even play the last fight to win the Fortnite battle. And um, I look at my clock in my room, and it's like, it's like 2.39. I have one minute to get to class, and it's like a 10-minute bike ride. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm screwed. So I knew I'm late, but I'm like, whatever, I'll just hustle up, and the river trail won't be as busy, right, because classes have already started. So I get on my bike, and I'm hauling hauling down river trail okay open freeway nobody there there's a couple of people scattered here and there but for the most part you know it's one person every 20 or 30 feet all right so i'm moving per usual and then i'm cruising along at the wind in my face and i'm like okay i'll only be about five minutes later so it'll be fine and then out of the corner of my eye jack i see a brown squirrel running right towards the road but he's like you know 30 yards ahead of me so i kind of like slow down a bit like, like okay i'll let the squirrel cross so I, I get on the brakes a little bit, and he kind of stops. He slows down a bit, so then I kind of pedal a little bit more. Then he starts running again, and I, I braked again a little bit more. And then I'm approaching closer and closer. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll just go. So then I, like, pedal hard again, like, two more times. This squirrel just books across the road. I swear to God, Jack, if you were to put a line in the middle of this squirrel's body, that is where my tire went. Oh, I cut my him, God. I cut him dead through the center. Like the meat of the squirrel. You just squirrel. cut in half? No, I didn't cut him, but I'm saying like oh. <laughs> where my tire went. And it was like ba-dunk under my tire. And my jaw just drops. I'm like, that did not just happen. And I oh. look up. Well, I, I like turn around, first of all, to like see. I expect to see like roadkill on the road. And I actually didn't see anything. I'm like, what just happened? But anyway, I look up. And there is literally within the 50 yards in front of me, there's just one girl standing with her back. <laughs> looking at me with her jaw just down. Just wide open, just stopped, dead in her tracks. And I'm like, I look back <laughs> at her, and I go, did he run off? And she goes, yeah, I think he's okay. And she goes, 
I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> I like almost laughed and I was like, well, at, at least he's all right. And I just kept on pedaling. And oh my, I you hit the class, And I'm like, how on earth did that just happen? I'm the only person on this bike trail. There's one squirrel. I see him the whole way. It was like as I slowed down, he slowed down. And then when I sped up, he sp- and it was just like a heat-seeking missile for my tire. He and was destined to get run over. I felt the meat of that squirrel. It was a. I can oh. still feel. I can still hear it. It scarred oh. me. I didn't want to ride my bike anymore. And yeah, I wouldn't want to either. I'm left to think that the squirrel must have passed later in the day. He probably ran under a tree and was unable to get up. But he did. He did get off the trail. Um, but. I was just thinking to myself, and I was sitting in my chemistry lab late, like sweaty because I biked so fast. I'm like, all these days I've been thinking, how has no one ever hit a squirrel? How has no one ever hit a squirrel? And of course, I'm the one who runs over a squirrel on his bike. How does that (laughs) even happen? That is the most unlucky thing I've ever heard of in my life. I texted like so many different people. I was like, I ran over a squirrel today. And they're like, I have never heard of anyone doing that in my life. And I just couldn't believe it. And I'll never forget the look on the girl's face. Never saw this girl yeah, again. No idea who she, she was. She seems like she's probably going to be pretty scarred. You know how many people she probably told that day? Like, dude, I saw some freshman run over a squirrel <laughs> on his bike. <laughs> it was so bad, Jack. It was so this bad. Is, you know what, though? I mean, it seems like these squirrels, they're obviously a big hit on campus. Yeah, right? people love them. And people feed them. And, yeah. Yeah. But, you know there's still a divide here between species. So maybe, I mean, not to be like, you know, cynical or whatever, but maybe this was a good thing for the squirrel population I to see know. one of their I buddies have... go a little Icarito fly a little too close to the sun. And maybe they're like, all right, you know what? We'll give these humans a little bit of space here. A little bit, a little bit of room on the trail. What I want to know is just like, I, you know, things happen so fast and like, yeah, you want to try to play it back in your head, but, I'm telling you, Jack, like I saw the squirrel the whole way running perpendicular yeah. to the road. And I literally slowed down for this thing to cross. And I swear to you, he, he stopped. Mm-hmm. Like, he stopped running or changed direction. I can't remember. And then I speed up and he just darted like he yep. was trying to get hit. It's weird how, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he, I don't know. Maybe he was having a bad day too. But it's weird how the animals like do that. Uh, like that happens with deer like around my house all the time, you know, where you see them like late at night and they mm-hmm. kind of see your lights mm-hmm. and you're driving and they start crossing as your lights are getting closer and then you slow down and, and they, they stop. stop. Yeah. And then you go, it's like doing like the, the like, shuffle <laughs> thing with someone in the hallway. Yeah. It's like, are you going to go here? Are you going to go there? It's like kind of that thing. It is. And so for a squirrel, you know, he can't, this big bike coming towards him. I don't know. He might have just been a little, bit, know, of con- Jack, little this, bit confused. This wasn't at night. There was no headlights. This was a crime committed in broad daylight. <laughs> and there was a witness. It was so There was a witness. That's honestly, I think that's there the... Was, and there was that's one. That's like the topper. That's the cherry on top of this story. Like, if you would have hit a squirrel, you know, you were rushing to class or whatever, that would have been, that would have been what it was. But the fact that this other witness... This girl had had to watch that. And nobody would <laughs> have to believed go the rest me. of her day also wondering how what how this squirrel was doing. Well, I wonder what it looked like from that. her perspective. Like, did she like yeah. s- did she also like see it coming and like see how I was interacting, or did she just like was she like walking and then all of a sudden just saw a kid like bounce over a squirrel? <laughs> I think 
I think only my front tire hit it, but I don't know what else to say. It's This is five years ago, and I still remember this and tell people about this because how unlucky can you possibly be? I've had, let's be honest, guys, I've had a pretty good life. I can't be too mad about too many things. You know, I grew up in a, in a nice area. I have nice parents. I have a nice, loving family. I have this whole whiffle ball thing going. A lot of good things. And I feel like, but most of the good things I have, I feel like I've worked very, very hard for. But I swear to you, Jack, sometimes I have mm-hmm. the world's worst luck ever. Yeah. I swear to you. What I mean, it's of, just like a it's And the just fact like a that I thought thing. about it, I thought about it for days. How has no one ever hit a squirrel? And then I actually did yeah. it. Oh, that's the that's that's also kind of the weird part of the story, too. But it's just like, a, you know, it's like, a, I don't know. That's just kind of what we talked about, like manifesting like vibes. Like, let's be honest. When you started that that last Fortnite game at 220, like you knew you were going to have to hustle to class. I, I did. Like, I, you was knew pushing, you were I was pushing it. I was pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you knew you were pushing the time though. You knew it was a chance. You were going to have to be hustling on your bike. It's just like everything that happened has to happen. So perfect. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, the butterfly effect. They say, if you do one little thing, yeah. it can change the world. There are yep. so many things that, would have affected me and that squirrel meeting at the same moment in time in that same spot and it all True. came together it's like crazy. we were destiny for each other and i don't know yeah. why but maybe that squirrel had served his purpose on earth for yeah. god and it was just his time to go and like i said i there was no physical evidence of damage there was no roadkill but mm-hmm. when i tell you i hit the meat guys i hit the meat of it and i felt horrible <laughs> about it. i'm not even like an i'm like i love my animals my my dogs and stuff that i have but I'm not like a huge animal lover, but I mean, I just felt bad. Like, I just hit a squirrel. All I had to do was hit my brakes and let the guy figure out what he was doing. Instead, I was pedaling the class so fast, I was like not fully hitting the brakes. And then I, mm-hmm. let me tell you, for the next four years, I went to Michigan State. If there was a squirrel within 20 yards of me, I was slamming on the brakes. <laughs> I was you, not, you were not a having time another offender. chance. Another no, chance dude. accident. Oh, my God. That is crazy, I though, just wanna, how. I want to feel to like find that, that person. I want to hear the girl side of the story. I should have like tweeted like, "Yo, if yeah. you saw a kid hit a bike, <laughs> hit a squirrel on his bike today, please DM me." Cuz Let me know. When I say that path is usually packed, it is. It's, you know, thousands of kids. There's 50,000 students in this campus, but in that moment mm-hmm. in time, within a 100 to 50 yard radius or so, it was just me and her and the squirrel. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 crazy how things like that happen. This is like you mentioned, like all the all the things that had to happen for you and that squirrel to line up, oh, like in this in that in that time and space, right? I I was getting this isn't as long of a story, but I was getting gas one time, and uh, sometimes my card at the pump just is like weird and it won't work, and so at this gas station, I try to pay with the card doesn't work mm-hmm. i walk inside you know just hand them like a 20 or something like probably like an extra i don't know 25 to 30 seconds on the yep. whole transaction i had to walk into the gas station walk out mm-hmm. i pop my gas put it put you know put the uh, gas cap back on i go to pull out the gas station and the car in front of me pulls out and someone from like the other lane, like I have no idea how, like what they were doing or what happened, but they basically cross over the two lanes and just smoke this person oh. coming out. And I was like right behind them. And I was like thinking about like, if my card would have worked, 
I know you never know. Probably would have been that car. Like it, like it's just like freak chance things like that. Whereas you you think back later, and I bet on, you like, that wow, person who got this. I bet you that person who got hit was like, oh, I was five minutes late today, and if I wasn't five minutes late, I wouldn't get yeah. hit by this car. Like, just so yeah. many little things that like you think about when like something happens, whether big or kind of big, whatever. Hitting a squirrel, yeah. maybe it's not a big thing, but I mean, it'll mess with you mentally. That's you know something. It's not something you forget. No one, no one hits no. a squirrel on their bike. Neither uh, will that girl. No, she'll never forget that. There's not a <laughs> chance, dude. I, like she was just stopped dead in her tracks. It was so uncomfortable. But like. With the speed that I had already built up before I slammed my brakes, like I ended up within five yards of her. I was right next to her. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So for those of you who ever end up at Michigan State, you go there, you visit there, and you walk that river trail, just know that that's where it went down. That's where the crime was committed, and I, uh, I apologize to the squirrel community and the animal lovers. Um, but I do, I do, too, believe in... <coughs> I do, too, uh, believe in manifesting things and manifestation. I don't know about curses, but I felt cursed that day, I'll tell you that much. But um, I guess on a more positive note, on the manifestation thing, I was talking to Kyle um, over the weekend. We were talking, talking business, talking wiffle ball, and we were talking about some of our goals and like how he's like, I said something, he's like, dude, that's crazy. No way that'll ever happen, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, we sat down here in this basement four years ago and said, by the time we graduate, we're going to have 300K subscribers, and we literally are right there. Like, you never mm-hmm. know. You never know what'll happen. Um, I remember, too, there was a text message I sent to him the year we got on SportsCenter. I was like, yo, this year we're going to get on SportsCenter, and then we got on SportsCenter. Cool things like that. So I do think you got to speak things, think things to an existence, but don't think bad things because you'll end up running over a squirrel on your way to chemistry lab. <laughs> but I think there's merit to that. Uh, that's about all I got for you guys today. Um, sorry it was a downer of a story, but... I like to get things off my chest. I like to share the good and the bad. We like to we like to tell all on this podcast. So maybe next week I'll have to counter you with a, a feel-good story. But today was not that day. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, Tom, you know, as you know, um, I, I definitely have a background in sports, but uh, certainly not in baseball. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not one of the uh, sports that I follow closely, I would say. Um, you know, I'll turn it on here. They're definitely in the playoffs. Um, Go Tigers. And, but I heard recently that the MLB is in a lockout. And this is true. I, know what a, I know what a lockout is, but um, I don't really understand what the deal is with this MLB specific lockout. And I also feel like they just didn't they just do a lockout like recently, like maybe within the last five years, did they have a lockout? Oh, God, I'm going to embarrass myself if this is not true, but I want to say there may have been a lockout yeah, within the last decade or so, but I don't think it resulted in any loss of the season, if that makes sense. I don't think the season got which, delayed at all. Maybe, maybe which right now maybe you can Google is, that right? while I talk. Right now, yeah, like I think it was today, Like pitchers and catchers were supposed to report to spring training, and they, and they did not because they're not on good terms yet. It hasn't been resolved, but... 
I know the commissioner is saying that he doesn't expect any delays right now, but I think a lot of people are skeptical. Skeptical. Speak English, Tommy. <laughs> they are skeptical about that. So we will see. Um, I, of course, would be devastated. I love baseball. I love watching baseball. I love watching Tiger baseball. But, um, yeah, as wow. of now, I think, Jack, the, um, the state of that, to give you some info on it, I don't know a whole lot about it either. I mean, I understand the concept of a lockout and why it could happen, and I can see how it happens. But I think one of the big factors here is um, a dispute about how the minor leaguers are treated. I mean, as you know, mm-hmm. MLB, people in the majors have some of the most lucrative contracts in all of sports. But, right, um, which is why I'm kind of confused. Yeah, but the minor leaguers who um, are still, you know, professional baseball players, do it for a living, and are getting paid, but just minuscule salaries, minuscule compared to the big leaguers, especially in the lower minors, you know, single A, short season, full season, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. are, are struggling to even make a living for themselves. And, you know, you can understand it, you know, from a, a revenue standpoint, you know, who's actually bringing in all the money to the sport. You know, it's the big names, it's the major league teams. But um, at the end of the day, people got to make money, people got to make a living, and they're still a pro athlete. They're still a rare talent. So I think that has to do with a lot of it. But um, don't directly quote me on that. I'm sure there's other factors how, at play as well. How true is it, though, that they're really, like, struggling – like financially, like what do we what do we think is the average uh, minor it's league salary? L- low. Uh, I mean, like I said, it depends where you're at. But some of these guys like, who have been down there a, a while, especially who um, you know are getting into their mid twenties, upper twenties. I'm talking like less than I make as mm-hmm. an engineer uh, out of college. Like I'm talking very low. Okay. So I could see where an argument is made there. Yeah. So I think that if I was playing devil's advocate, though, I would say. Um, you know, that's kind of your incentive to play better, right? Because if we start, if they started paying the minor league guys, you know, adequate enough salaries, like what would be their incentive? They could kind of just be average and hang out in the minors and play baseball pretty easily for a living without much stress. Yeah, I I don't know what the demands are. Um, You know, I don't know how much of an increase they're looking for. But, um, you know, I'd be frustrated too if there's, I was playing double A ball and there was guys, you know, Two, two layers ahead of me that are making, you know, multi-million dollars per year where I'm, you know, struggling to make six figures. These aren't exact numbers, guys. I don't know what people in AA make mm-hmm. or whatever, but I know for sure that there is some bad contracts out there for these guys that are stuck, um, and, you know, grinding, working hard, um, trying to make a career out of this. So I don't know if that's the only sole purpose of this lockout, but I do think that has a lot to do with it. Um, it's been a topic for years as to how minor leaguers are treated and the salaries and benefits they receive. So mm-hmm. that I think is Maybe, I don't know that it's kind of interesting because I'm trying to basically just put myself in both both sides of you know both sides of the coin here. Yeah, it'd be cool to you know, be a fly on the wall in these meetings to actually yeah. hear what's going on and actually just to know more information about it. I'm sure you and I could be right. more informed. You could also yeah, we probably should be, but you could also argue that uh, from an organization standpoint, you would want to. Uh, give your minor leaguers more benefit, right? Because the the general theory would just be like if they have more capital to put into their game, if they have more resources to put into their training and their nutrition and stuff, they're gonna they're gonna you know succeed at the sport or have a higher chance to succeed. So mm-hmm. like, and that's kind of the point of minor leagues and farm teams, right? Is you're developing people in your organization. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you kind of should you kind of should give them the means to do so. 
Right. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree. You always want to keep your employees happy, right? Keep your employees right, exactly. happy, keep your customers happy. It's always important. And for those who are um, uninformed on baseball, on the lockout, and even for Jack and I, I'm going to introduce you to our little friend here called Wikipedia. And as we know, Wikipedia is the greatest thing because anyone can update it whenever they want, so you know you're getting the best information. The 2021-22 Major League Baseball lockout is an ongoing work stoppage, the ninth in Major League Baseball history. It began on December 2nd. Um, issues raised between the league and union involved compensation for young players and limitations on tanking to receive higher selections in the MLB draft. So it sounds like a couple different things at play here. Okay. But for more information, guys, head over to wikipedia.com. It has the best information in the world. Thank you. Free advertising. But yeah, lockouts, never a good thing as a fan of any sport. I mean, even when I see, mm-hmm. you know, the NBA is locked out. I think the NBA actually had a big lockout one time that had the season delayed, like, all the way to Christmas, if I remember correctly. So, never good for sports. Um, I hate to see the fans starve, people who want to buy tickets, support their team, um, watch what they love. It's never a cool thing. And as a baseball guy, I hate to see it, so I'd love to see it get resolved sooner rather than later. But, of course, I'll be realistic with you, Jack, here. Um, I'm not going to be stupid. Of course, I think about things, and so does Kyle, but you know, this lockout could present opportunities for us as MLW to get a little bit more visibility. So there's that aspect of it. Ooh. But I'm telling you guys right now, I want baseball to return. So, But just giving you a little insight as to where, what we think about. Fair? Fair. Okay. You mentioned, you mentioned tanking in that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know about all that stuff. What do you... But- how do you feel overall? I mean, not not even baseball aside, but, but just any sport, any team. I guess mm-hmm. it's not really the – how does it work in the NBA? They get they get more lottery picks if they're bad? You just have a higher chance of winning the lottery, the draft lottery, yeah, okay. the worst. But, yeah, we've heard about it recently, Jack. You know, yeah. there's, there's, with all this, this lawsuit going on in the NFL about coaches mm-hmm. that have been paid to lose games, <laughs> like, that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's insane. And fan bases get mad. Yeah, why don't we lose this game to get a better draft pick? But how do you prevent that? It's like kind of a gray area, right? Yeah, I mean, I just... Incentives, it's I guess, just, maybe it's, to prevent it's that. Just, it's just one of those things where it's like, does it make sense for the organization to, to try to get a better draft pick if you, you know, you're not really playing for anything? Yes, but like ethically and morally, like to try to lose games Ugh. is so hard to ask Disgu- someone who's super competitive to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. You know, those coaches, those players are all, you know, extreme competitors. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how, I don't know. How do you even ask them to do that? How do you ask your fans to to pay for tickets and walk through your doors? And you already know that like your coaches are doing what they can to throw the game. Mm-hmm. like i don't i don't know i just it doesn't sit well with me like even it's it's kind of funny because like the lions always find a way to you know like push themselves out of like a better draft pick when like mm-hmm. it's really meaningless I like we i always, feel like they always they do always that. win late in the season but i take those wins like so it's just I. like uh, to me it's like you know a win is a win yeah it might not have really been for much but it's at least it's like something to hang our hat on you know, yeah. and we're not just like a dumpster fire. I think it's important to build, to get guys in the habit of winning games, finding a way to win versus right. I go out there and give a half-hearted effort, and if we lose, we get a better draft pick. No. Right. Don't build a winning team. I at least like to see that. Like, I was enjoying, yes, I knew it hurt our draft picks, but I was enjoying seeing the clips of the Lions locker rooms after these wins and hearing the coaching staff and just building a culture of, of winners is always something, like you said, to hang your hat on. So, um 
I don't know how you, I don't know what the solution is to prevent something like that. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's more incentivizing that needs to be done. I don't know if it's just, oh, grow up, it's ethically and morally incorrect, that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, if I'm a, in a hypothetical world, I'm a billionaire who owns a team, and um, I'm hearing about these other billionaires who are paying their coaches to lose games to get better draft picks. I'd be like, what the heck is going on here? You know what I mean? It'd be, it'd, yeah. be, it'd be like, whoa, this is a thing. It's nuts. I don't, I mean, as a business owner, you're probably like, cause that's what professional sports is, right? These owners, it's, it's, a, business. it's a business it's a for business. them. They, they want to be able to do whatever they want with their business, but to, to have the freedom to pay one of your employees to basically do the opposite of their job mm-hmm. is kind of crazy from a business standpoint. Right. Like what other what other like industries or anything have that no. sort of setup? Like that's nuts. That's the only one because there's that's the like sports, I feel like are the only thing. Other than maybe you- other than maybe being like a meteorologist, because they pay you and then you're like just wrong half the time anyway, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, but that's sports is the only thing that where there are future rewards for being bad at what you do. Yeah. To try to balance exactly. the game is essential to keep things fair. So, because if the best team in the league got the number one pick every year, well, that wouldn't go so well, would it? No. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a interesting dilemma on how you solve it. But um, I guess I'm hoping for the NFL's sake, the MLB's sake, all leagues that um, this is resolved and there's no more of this nonsense of coaches getting paid six figures to lose games. That's just ridiculous. So, um, that's kind of my thoughts on it. But um, and once again, to hammer it home, I do hope that baseball makes it back from this lockout, as Jack and I discussed. If you guys know more details about it, I'd love to hear them um, from some of our fans. So feel free to send me a DM on Instagram or Jack. Uh, you guys can find us, follow us, or send it to the podcast Instagram at Pipe It Up MLW. That's gonna do it for this episode, guys. Hope you enjoyed hearing about the tour and Jack and I's thoughts on it, as well as a uh, disappointing and heart wrenching story from my past. But um, I had to get it off my chest. Jack, thanks for joining me. Thanks for hearing me ramble, and uh, we'll see you fellas next week. Peace. I like to get things off my chest. I like to share the good and the bad. We like to we like to tell all on this podcast. So maybe next week I'll have to counter you with a, a feel good story. But today was not that day. What about you, Jack? What's up with you? <laughs> that was such a terrible transition. <laughs> I'm gonna put that as a blooper. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll cut. We'll cut. We'll cut. Uh, I haven't hit any squirrels lately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll cut and restart.